888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 351, we're going to be talking about how to write a blog post that rocks. Yes, in a world where video is such a big part of the internet, stories seem to be taking over and live video gets tons of engagement. The written word is still a significant part of what we do online and what we consume online. In fact, with all the things vying for your attention today, for your written content to gain traction, you may have to step up your game just a little bit. (laughs) But how do you write the kind of content that gets people coming back for more? The kind of content that grows your authority and drives traffic? The kind of content that Google loves to give high rankings? The kind of content that other bloggers link to and send traffic to? Well, writing blog posts that rock That's what we're going to be talking about today. What is up? What is up? What is up? I hope you are having an amazing day. And if for some reason you aren't, I hope that by the end of this episode, you'll be able to say, you know what, my day is going pretty good (laughs) because I just got some value. This is episode number 351 and you can find the detailed show notes and everything I talk about in this episode at becomeablogger.com slash 351. Any links, any resources, anything that I mentioned, it'll all be there. So let me tell you what we're going to cover in today's episode. Number one, we're going to get into why good writing is important. Like why it's still important today in 2019 and beyond. Why Why is, why is Leslie even recording this podcast episode? Like, like, like for real though, what, what, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> we got to get into that. And then part number two is we're just going to dive into seven steps to writing great blah. <laughs> Seven steps to writing great blog posts. I apologize. It is Friday afternoon. I'm a little tired, but you know what? I got to deliver. So we're going to make it happen. Uh, oh, before we get into this episode, um, and before we take the questions, I do want to let you know something. I've made a decision, and the decision that I've made has to do with my uh, uh, the reality of of life. <laughs> and that is this. For the last few weeks of recording episode podcast episodes, whenever I go to record, I go out into my living room, I talk to my kids, I say, "Hey, that is going to be recording a podcast episode right now. I need you guys to quiet down." And yada yada yada, and then I speak to my wife, "Hey, can you and it's just it's this always this process. And then you know what I realized? You know what? Kids kids are a part of life. They're just a part of life, and sometimes they make noise. And I don't want to always be, you know, going out and telling them to be quiet and all that stuff. So, you know what? If you hear kids screaming, you're just going to have to deal with it. Are, are you okay with that? Because if you're not, well, it's too bad because my kids scream. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer stopping them. Um, so, from time to time, you'll hear a, a, a little child or two children uh 
joining me on my podcast episodes unintentionally. It's all good. Forgive me for that. I don't even need forgiveness. I'm just letting you know. I'm just informing you what's going on. Anyhow, we do have a question that was called into the hotline. So let's go ahead and pass the mic to Dr. Ryan S. Howard. Hey, Leslie, this is Ryan Howard from Iowa again. Hey, I was wanting to see if uh, I'm getting ready to start a Facebook group. And I was wanting to see, I really like what you're doing with the video answers, and I'd like to start a community around uh, faith and work. Again, it's uh, yourfaithatwork.org, and to have interaction there. And I'd like to be able to answer questions with video like you're doing. So I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts around the parameters of how often to be posting, uh, what stuff to be putting in there to generate discussions, and then also uh, looking at how how much time I should expect to put into maintaining this. And I know I can use co-schedule and all those other things too. So just try to get a general idea for that. Thanks, sir. All right. So that was a great question, Dr. Ryan S. Howard. Uh, To answer your question, I want to take it, uh, I want to address a few things. Number one, um, when it comes to like what I do in my Become a Blogger Coaching Club in a Facebook group where I respond to each and every question with a video, my first recommendation is, Please do not do that. <laughs> do, do not try to do that. All right? Because it's a lot of work. Now, I have a very, if you were to see my studio right now, it is extremely elaborate. I have this device where I could just sit down on my computer, press a button, and the video is being recorded. I have these switches that turn on the lights exactly how I want them to be. When I'm finished saying what I want to say, I hit another button and it stops recording and then I can upload the video. If I need to share my screen, I could press a button and it's sharing the screen. I don't have to do a lot of stuff to to do professional videos and respond to every question individually. Um, however, the reason I'm doing this is because you're a part of my coaching club. You've invested in my training and my coaching and all that stuff. So that is what you get. If you're If you're doing a free Facebook group, you don't want to have that. You don't want to set that expectation. Set, set that expectation because it is a lot of work. So I highly recommend for you to not even think about going there. And even if you have a paid group, um, I would still recommend that you be hesitant about going in that direction un- unless you've, you're at a point where making videos is easier than actually responding by typing uh, to a post. For me, it is literally easier for me to create this very awesome produced video response to your question than it is for me to actually type out a response. It takes less time and it provides more value because of how I've streamlined my workflow. So first thing is, do not try to do that. Now, in terms of how often to engage, The biggest thing with Facebook groups is that you want regular engagement. So I'm talking about on a daily basis. You're in there and you're engaging with people, especially if you're using it as like a way to grow your brand and all that kind of stuff. Um, There should be daily engagement. Now, it doesn't always it doesn't all have to be from you. However, when you're getting it started, there's going to be more of you 
facilitating the conversations and initiating the conversations and that kind of stuff. So I would say try to get to the place, especially when you're just getting going, where you can have daily engagement in there. Now, how much time should you spend in there? What I definitely recommend is that you do not do what a lot of people do. And that is whenever there's a notification, they go in and they check Facebook and they respond and they're like doing this all throughout the day because that sucks your time. Trust me, it sucks your time and you don't want to be spending all of that time uh, 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 in your Facebook group when you need to be doing so many other things. All right. So what I recommend is batching. Batching makes a huge difference. If you're, you know, if you're gonna be engaging in there daily, don't engage like every hour for five minutes. Instead, say, you know what? In the morning, I'm gonna spend 30 minutes and I'm gonna engage as much as I can, um, respond to questions or whatever. In the beginning, there's not gonna be a whole lot of engagement going on in there, so you don't have to spend as much time. But I definitely recommend saying saying, hey, these are the times that I'm going to be focused on this Facebook group. And when I'm when it's outside of those times, I'm going to be focused on the rest of my life, the rest of my business, the rest of what I'm trying to build. So number one, don't do what I do with the videos. <laughs> number two, it's good to have daily engagement in the Facebook group. Number three, uh, how much time? It depends on how much you want to focus on it, but definitely batch your time so that you're not doing it all day. All right. Come in on a daily basis, but do it at set time so that you can have some control. You want to have some control, man. I hope that helps. Thank you so much for calling in the hotline. If you have a question that you would like to get answered on the hot on, on the podcast, go ahead and call the hotline at 888-835-2414. And I will answer it right here on this call and on this podcast. And of course, if you want to get like at a completely different level, you want to ask questions, it doesn't matter how many questions, and get video responses to help you grow your blogging business, check out the Blogger Coaching Club at bloggercoaching.com. On that note, we're going to go ahead and switch over to the topic of the episode. All right, let's talk about writing. We want to write some awesome content, right? Uh, and I want to give you a few reason, a few reasons why this is still important. Why, why, regardless of all that we've been saying about you know video being the thing, regardless of everything that we've been saying about you know going live and telling stories and using the stories features on Instagram and and Snapchat and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, written content is still, still, still very important as a blogger. All right. So if you thought. You know what? Forget this written content. I, I, I would urge you to reconsider. And I want to tell you why. Okay? There are a few reasons why. Reason number one. Fortunately, fortunately, I say this. Some people might say oh, unfortunately. But fortunately, some people still love to read. <laughs> I am one of the people that loves to read. Now, it depends on the kind of content. If I'm looking for how to do something, I'm probably going to go on YouTube and try to figure that out. But in many cases, even when I'm looking for how to do something, I want to be able to read. And while those other kinds of content, video and stories and everything else, are, are important, written content actually can expose you to a, a different audience. That audience that 
They don't really want to watch a video. They want to scan through an article. They want to jump to the part that is relevant to them. They want to they wanna read because they like to read. That can actually pull in a different audience. So reason number one, some people still love to read. And I thank God for those people. <laughs> because reading is still fundamental. Jeez, man. Oh. Okay, I'm not going to go on a tangent um, <laughs> when it comes to education and reading and all that stuff right now. I'm going to just move on. Reason number two, written content is scannable. All right, so let's say I come to YouTube and I want to know how to do something. Uh, okay, I got to watch through the entire video just to see if, you know, they're going to cover the thing that I want them to cover, if it's going to be of value. However, you know, and not just that. Let's say I watched it again, and I want to know how to do that one thing that they spoke about at a certain point in that video. I don't want to have to watch through the entire video again just to find a part. When I'm listening to your podcast episode, like you're listening to my podcast episode right now, if there's one thing that I mentioned at some point and you don't know exactly when I mentioned it, do you really want to listen to the entire thing again? Probably not. I mean, if you do, that'd be great. I don't mind. You know, Listen to it as many times as you want. But it would be way more e efficient for you to be able to just quickly scan through the, 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 the written content of a post and see, ah, yes, that heading refers to the section that I care about. I can go directly to it and find just what I need. So written content, it's scannable. And number three, Google, with all the changes that they're making, they still love words. You know, I've said that, uh, you know, Google is becoming more dynamic. It's including videos and all these uh, dynamic forms of content in the search results. And all of that is great, but written content is still at the core of its rankings. So by having a written content on your blog, that's a great way of giving Google more of the information that it needs in order to make educated decisions or more like algorithmic decisions about how it should rank your content. Google still loves words. So number one, some people still love to read. Number two, written content is scannable. They can jump to exactly what they're looking for. And number three, Google still loves words. So if you want to rank in the search engines and get some of that traffic that you can still get, then written content is still significant now here's the thing though if if the written content is not good <laughs> if it's not good the person that searched for it and found it or saw it on social media and clicked over and and went over and checked it out and all that stuff they're not going to be satisfied and if they're not satisfied and let's say they come from google and they leave immediately you know what google is saying wait a minute wait wait wait, wait. hold up sir you, you said that this content is about such and such, but whenever I send someone your way, they leave. I don't think this content is good. So you know what? No more rankings for you or worse rankings for you. And that's exactly the opposite of what you want. What you want. You want the people that are looking for that content to find the content and be able to say, aha, 
this is exactly what I need. And this person that just created this awesome piece of content, I want to check out more of their content. So I'm going to go and visit another page. I want to visit another page. Oh, by the way, I see they have this awesome free resource here that can change my life and help me to accomplish all my goals in life and all that good stuff. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the point. They then subscribe to your email list and they go through your 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 sales funnel or your email sequence eventually they become a customer they become a loyal subscriber and that's exactly what you want so written content is still at the core of what we do as bloggers or at least it should be all right oh actually let me mention something really quick on that my biology blog. My biology blog uh, grew because I had really great content and primarily video content. However, my traffic grew much faster because I had written content to go along with it, written content that could be optimized for the search engines. And as a result of that, I started getting more traffic from the search engines, not because of the videos that I had, but because of the written content that was there that was optimized. Written content is important. So with that being said, how do we actually create an awesome, an, a fantastic, a fabulous, an amazing blog post? All right. Let's go into the seven steps. You ready for the seven steps? Let's start with step number one. The first thing is this, and I'm focusing primarily in this in, in this episode on, on really trying to get, you know, Google traffic, right? Number one, you want to understand the searcher's intent. When someone goes to Google and they do a search, they have a specific intent intent. There is something they want to know about. There's something they want to find. They may want to know how to start a blog. So they go to Google and they search for how to start a blog or how to vlog with a smartphone. Or, or you know, in my case, I, I, I've been doing this breakfast thing on Sabbath mornings for my family. And I go to Google and I search for a chia seed pudding recipe. You know, because because, you know, if, I, if I'm going to do it, you know, I want to do it well. Right. So I do that search. I want to know how to make a chia seed pudding. So when I come to your blog post, if you have that amazing recipe, I want to be able to see exactly what I'm looking for. And once I get exactly what I'm looking for, I could then be the superhero in the kitchen. That's it. That's all I want. We when we go to Google, we want to be superheroes when it comes to that particular search. And what I want you to do is think about the person that's doing that search. What exactly do they want? What are they trying to accomplish? What do they want to know? And then how can you create the perfect content to help them with that goal? That is exactly what it's about, because once again, Google, if you have, you know, if you have Google Analytics installed on your site, especially, and you, 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 you have your Google Search Console set up and so on, Google is trying to find good content to index in the search engines. And they are paying attention to what people do after they land on your specific blog post. If they engage with it, that's a good signal. If they move on to something else, that's a great signal. So, so, so if they come to your site and they leave, and continue searching for the same thing, why would Google continue sending them there? So 
think about the searcher's intent. What do they want to accomplish? Because if you can help them, if you can answer their question, if you can solve their problem, they're going to be more likely to check out your other stuff. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is ask yourself, what is their intent? What is the searcher's intent? All right, so that's number one. Number two, analyze what's already out there. You go to Google. You start searching for the thing that you know this post is all about, the thing that people are searching for to get to that specific blog post because you want to deliver value. So you want to see what's out there. Are there certain ideas that maybe you didn't think about? Are there certain things that a lot of people are mentioning, but a lot of people aren't mentioning others because they are missing some key things that you know need to be added? What are they covering and what's missing? And you want to think about it from the perspective of the person that's searching. All right? Um, so, for example, uh, if I do a search for that chia seed pudding recipe and I go and I find some, 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 some results. But I come to yours and I see something along the lines of, have you seen all of these chia seed pudding recipes? Have you counted the calories? Do you see how much sugar is in those things? Do you see how unhealthy they are? What if there were a way to make your chia seed pudding taste even better? but with healthier ingredients. Bam, you got me. You got me. I want to know. I, I, listen, that is what was missing from all of these other chia seed pudding recipes. And now, if I see that yours can help me make one that tastes just as good or even better, but it's healthier for my family, you got me. Does that make sense? So what can you add to the conversation? What can you bring to the discussion? Think about that from the searcher's perspective as you go to create your content. So number one, understand what their intention is. What do they want to accomplish? Number two, analyze what's already out there. All right. Remember, we're trying to make an awesome blog post, right? So we want ours to be a little bit special. So when we analyze what's out there, we are we are also looking for what's not out there. What is missing? What can I add that's actually slightly unique? Now, I'm not suggesting that you're going to do all of these steps for every single post. But if there are certain posts that, man, you really want them to stand out. You're going to go through these steps. Number three, step number three, gather your research. Now, you know, I've been blogging for a very long time. Uh, well, a long time in Internet age. Uh, I've been blogging for over 10 years now. Is it 10 years? Yes, over 10 years now. Wait, going on 11 years. Oh, man, 11 years this August. Wow, that is awesome. So I've been blogging for a while, and there's a lot that I know about how to blog, how to build a business, how to do all this stuff, right? However, it is always good to gather some actual data to support your content. Because here's the thing. When you quote research, like actual research that was well done, and you have uh, other sources of information that you can bring in to validate your concepts, the, the things that you are sharing, that increases your credibility. Because now you're more than just a random person on the internet that, that's just spewing out information. No, you have data to back 
up your stuff. You've done your research and you can add value by shedding light on that research. Um, just yesterday, we had a coaching call inside uh, the Blogger Coaching Club and Kathleen was on there and she's starting a blog with her husband. She's a nutritionist and he runs triathlons and they are doing uh, a blog on uh, nutrition for triathlon uh, athletes, triathletes, triathletes. Yeah, that's what it is <laughs> or something along that line. All right. Um, and what we we're talking about is uh, last night on the call was finding research and, and, and using research that helps to validate the, the, the science behind the, con the content that you are sharing. The article that she was writing for the blog was something along the lines of why a plant-based diet is perfect for triathletes. Now, don't quote me on the title, but it's something along those lines. Now, that is something that if you're a triathlon, if you're a triathlete and you see that, you're probably going to think, wait, what? A plant-based diet? Let me go and find out some information about this. Let me see what this has to say because, you know, I think I need, I, I think I need more protein. And then if it shares valuable content, and not just that, it is backed by actual research, quality research, Huh, you know what? Okay, this isn't just, just some fly-by-night blog with random information. This is someone that has, is educated and has done their research. And that's exactly what you want to do. So gather your research because we are trying to create an awesome blog post that rocks here. All right, so that's step number three. Let's move on to step number four. Step number four, start with an outline. You know I, I am the kind of person that I could just sit down and just start writing and, you know, just seeing whatever comes out on that paper. But here's here's the problem. Sometimes sometimes when I do that, um, you know, when I go back over the content, it's not the most coherent piece of content that I've created <laughs> because you're just kind of, you know, you, you, whatever comes to mind, you put it down and sometimes it might flow well. Other times it may not flow well. So this is why I highly recommend starting with an outline because here's, here's what that does for me. When I start with an outline, I can think through the direction that I want the post to go beforehand. I can, I can, I can try to structure it to make sure that it accomplishes the goals that I have for that post. I can, I can think through the, 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 the reader's journey as they are going through this process, as they are going through this process of reading the blog post, and I can, I can, I can think for myself, what's the best way to get them from where they were to where I want them to be. All right? And then if you need to make changes to the flow, you can do that before writing the content. I find that when I do an outline, I end up tweaking the outline a few times because when I get to the end, I realize, man, it would have been so much better if I approached this from this other perspective. So do that work beforehand with the outline before you even start with the content. All right, so step number four, start with an outline. Step number five, flesh out the article. You have your outline. It is based on the research that you've gathered. You've already analyzed what's out there and seen what's missing so that you can add some unique elements to it and you understand what the searcher is trying to accomplish. Now it's just time to just put the meat on the bones, right? Go to writing. I mean, just start writing and create that work 
of art. Your goal is actually very simple. You want to deliver on the promise, deliver on the value that you promised in the title. You want that when that person searches and finds this piece of content and they read it, they feel like you, they, they, the questions that they have are fully answered. And in a perfect world, and this is what we like, once they're finished with your piece of content, they don't have to go anywhere else because they got what they need. And if, they, if there's more that they need or they're interested in more related to the topic, that's okay because they can go to your other post on the same blog or they can get your free resource that you've created when they join your email list. So flesh out the article based on the previous four steps. All right. So now we fleshed out the article. What do we do? Here's what I recommend for you to do. Revisit or rewrite the introduction. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, 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 wait. That, the introduction is the first part of the article. Why wouldn't I do that first? Well, you may have done it first. But now that you've finished all of it, I want you to go back and, and pay special attention to that outline. I mean, to that introduction. Because here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to, de to determine. The first line of this article, does it entice you to go to the second line? And when you finish the introduction, when you read through the introduction, does it compel you to read the rest of the content? Because if it doesn't, it needs to be rewritten. So I want to give you um, some tips that you can use when revisiting or rewriting this introduction. Number one, you can start with two or three leading questions that's then, that then are uh, it's followed by a statement of the value that they'll get by reading on. You want an example? Okay, so the article that goes along with this post. Here's what I have in the, the introduction. Do you want to know how to write a blog post that rocks? Do you wish that you could create the kind of content that Google loves? Want your audience to go on about how awesome your content is? Well, by the end of this post, you will have a framework for creating awesome blog posts. You see what I did there? I started, with, I started with a series of questions. And the goal there is for someone to, to answer yes. And then, oh, yes. And then, yes, please, yes. Do you want to know how to write a blog post that rocks? Yes, I do. Would you uh, wish you could create the kind of content that Google loves? Yes, please, because I know that can drive me. That can give me some more traffic. Want your audience to just go on about how awesome your content is? Absolutely, because then they're going to share it with their friends and that's going to drive even more people to my content. And then you tell me, by the end of this post, you make a bold promise, a bold claim. By the end of this post, you will have a framework for creating awesome blog posts. That's exactly it. That's one way that you can introduce your article. Number two, start with an engaging story that illustrates how important this post is start with an engaging story um i so uh, i'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that i've done in the past okay so one of the things one of the articles that i have on my blog is about the importance of story and uh, and to begin that post i remember i told an article about sitting in church and listening to a pastor 
just going on with a bunch of texts and facts and, and feeling like I was just ready to fall asleep. And I contrasted that with an experience that I had with a dynamic speaker that told this story. And I don't remember what the story was, but he told it and it captured my attention and I wanted to know more. And that's how I started out that blog post. It told a story and I did it in an engaging way, more engaging than I just did when I said that because I was just trying to remember it off the top of my head. But you do it in an engaging way that shows the importance of the content that you're covering in that post. Okay, so that's tip number two. Number one was start with two or three leading questions and then follow it with a statement of the value that they're going to get. Number two, start with an engaging story to illustrate the importance of the actual content. And number three, just be creative. I mean, yeah, those are two ways that you can start a blog post, but do something different. You're a unique person. Add some spice in your own unique way. All right? That's step number six, revisit or rewrite the introduction. Let's move on to step number seven. So, wait, that's the last step, right? I said seven steps, so let's, let's do this. Let's bring this home. Step number seven, use Grammarly and the Hemingway app for editing. Now, the last thing you want <laughs> is, is to create an awesome piece of content and just mess up the grammar mess up just have it not be well structured yeah I, I okay yeah i know maybe you're writing in microsoft word and microsoft word has you know spell check and grammar check but quite frankly they're not that good they they they, they kind of suck in comparison to grammarly and hemingway so these are two apps that i use grammarly is great for for checking your grammar but it, it also does a few other things it has Things like vocabulary enhancement, uh, writing mistakes, correction, uh, contextual speech checker, and a bunch more features. It basically helps you sound, uh, uh, it helps me sound smarter. <laughs> if I'm using a word too much, it will say, hey, uh, this word is kind of overused. Try something else. It, it basically is like my high school English teacher helping me do a better job. But I don't, I don't need my high school English teacher because I got Grammarly. <laughs> All right. Now, there's a free version that works well, uh, but the paid version does even more advanced checking. And that's the one that I have. I don't remember the cost, but you can check it out. Even the free version, it makes a huge difference. It actually even works with your um, uh, 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 um, social media posts. So when you post something on social media, it will automatically check your grammar and say, hey, you know, sound a little more intelligent. Use this word instead. <laughs> Add a comma here. Come on, stop forgetting your commas. It always gets me on that one. Okay, so the next one I mentioned, the Hemingway app. These should have been my, I should have mentioned these as tools of the week. You know what? These are tools of the week. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, Hemingway app, it does a great job at helping you to simplify your writing. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that the, the, the more educated we become, the more educated our writing becomes. And while we think it may be a good thing because it shows how smart you are, it actually works against you. You want your content to be as simple as possible. The easier it is, the better, because it appeals to more people that way. And even the people that are very educated, they still like simple writing. So be simple. Uh, all of the, 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 the really uh, awesome books that we remember or many of the really awesome books that we, rem we remember, if you look at the writing and analyze the writing, the writing is actually quite simple. So use Hemingway app to help you simplify your writing. 
So that was step number seven. So get to writing. That's that's pretty much it. If you follow these steps, you're going to create something awesome. And if you do that, or if you have an example of when you've done this, come ahead to this podcast episode and leave a link to it. This is one place where, sure, link to your content. I want to see it. I want to see the awesome works of work of art you've created. So action steps. We always got to end on some action steps. Number one, choose one topic to write about. Okay, let's start with one. Number two, go through the seven steps that we spoke about. And number three, publish a blog post that rocks. Yeah, let's go with that. Good stuff. What's coming up? Okay, so next week we got an awesome episode coming your way. Oh, man, this, this one is so important because we've been talking about the importance of building your email list. But what if people are coming on your email list but they're not opening your stuff? The topic will be how to increase your email opt-in rates. That's going to be episode number 352 coming to you next week. Or if you're listening to this in the future, just go to the next episode and you'll be able to check it out. Anyhow, this was episode number 351. I hope you got tons of value. No, I know you got tons of value from it. And if you did, come back to becomeablogger.com slash 351 and let me know. Show notes, it'll all be there. So check it out. All right, one simple call to action for you today. If you want to get your blog started, you've been you've been thinking about this idea for a while, but you just haven't bit the bullet. Bit the bullet? Why did I say bite the bullet? That, that just doesn't sound safe. Anyhow, you haven't started your blog as yet, and you want some step-by-step guidance. You want to look over my shoulder as I show you where to click, what to think about, how to do all the things that you need to do to get it going. Go to fromidea2blog.com. Once again, that's fromidea2blog.com. That's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless.